Welcome to Team Luke for Minds Podcast. On this show, our mission is to help families just like yours. We'll bring you inspiring stories from brain injury survivors, advice from health professionals, and much more to help make the recovery journey a little easier. If you or anyone you know has a, suffered from a brain injury, this show is for you. Uh, hey everyone, I'm Jared, and welcome to another episode of the Team Luke Podcast. Um, today I have uh, Madison, and uh, she's going to tell us a little, a little bit about her story, so welcome. Hi, Jared, and thank you. Yeah, so um, I guess just to get started, why don't you just tell us like what happened? Like, okay, so it happened in 2014, the summer of 2014, and it was two days after I was, so, sorry. I graduated high school in 2014, and I was planning on going to Texas Tech in Lubbock, and so I went up for orientation in June, and then two days later when I was back in Austin, me and three of my friends got hit by a drunk driver. Um, We were at the stoplight, so we were stopped, and he came coming in at about 75 miles per hour. And I was in the passenger seat and he hit on the driver's seat. Um, And so I was unconscious at the scene and I ended up having three brain surgeries that night. And um, I was in a coma for 10 days at the hospital for about two weeks. and then went to rehab. And so I had to postpone my college plans for a whole year uh, for recovery, and it was mostly speech, speech therapy. Hmm. So at what point does like your memory kick in? Like where do you remember after the accident? Do you remember anything about the accident? I don't remember the accident. I remember the day, like that morning before it happened because my best friend um, was coming home from a summer trip and I remember she brought me a t-shirt so she was coming to bring me that and tell me and my family all about the trip she just had um but that was probably at noon maybe I don't even remember but then the accident happened at like eight thirty or 9 and I don't remember anything else that day mm. so but in the hospital I think the only memory I had was going to I was moved around a lot from going to um, ICU and then two other rooms. And I I remember in the last room that I was in, I could see outside and I could see the helicopter, where the helicopter lands. And I thought when we went in that room, the door to the bathroom was really the door to the outside. So I remember I got up one day in the middle of the day. A nurse wasn't there, but I was still attached to everything. And I... Um, I couldn't walk on my, I, on my own, so it was dangerous for me to get up in the first place, but I tried walking to that door because I wanted to leave the hospital. <laughs> and I think my parents were there, and they started freaking out and called the nurse in. But other than that, I don't remember those two weeks after the accident. So it kind of kicks in, like, right around the beginning of rehab? Or? Mm-hmm, the beginning of rehab, yeah. Okay. That's when I started remembering everything. Were you aware of like what had happened I don't exactly remember I think the nurses and my family would ask me like 
do you know where you are? Do you remember what happened? And I think I got the hang of it. Like, yeah, I'm in the hospital. I was in an accident. But I don't remember the point when someone told me exactly what had happened. So I don't know. Hmm. What was the, like, the most difficult part of rehab for you? Um, definitely speech therapy. So it was the impact to the left side of my brain. Um, and so that's the communication part, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I had aphasia. So it's a communication disorder. Um, and during rehab, especially during inpatient, they would kind of walk me around inside and outside of Texas Nerd Rehab and ask me what everything is, like a chair. I couldn't tell you what a chair was. I knew what it was in my head, but the word couldn't form and it wouldn't come out. And so that was a long process. Is that what aphasia is? Yeah. I mean, there's different types of aphasia, so I'm not sure exactly which one I had was, but that's aphasia. I couldn't find the right words that I'm wanting to say. Hmm. So that was definitely the hardest part. And when I became an outpatient, that's the only thing I worked on for the whole entire year up until a week before I came to tech. Hmm. It was bad. Yeah. I think I had that for a little bit. Like I remember calling like a bed a table. Yeah. You just like you and you, but you don't realize it. It's kind of weird. I know. And apparently in the hospital, when I would try asking for water, I would ask for lettuce. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) And I would call everything yellow. Like, what's your name? Yellow. (laughs) I just mixed up all my words and wasn't making sense. And so what'd they do to like get you out of that and start? Um, so at the beginning at TNR, when I was an outpatient, my speech therapist would have pictures on her computer screen. It would be like a tree or an apple and I would have to type out what it said so that was really tough and then once I got through with that it was just a whole reading process she would time me reading a book um and that still affects me today because I still don't have the reading capacity or speed that I did before the accident Mm -hmm. so that's still one of my biggest problems and when I see big words, that's what really gets me, especially now when I'm taking a science course. It's really, I have to break up the word and sound it out before I can actually say it. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was definitely the hardest part. Yeah. So what are some of the things you're working on now? You're like you're working through now. What are some of the symptoms you're still dealing with? Pretty much just the reading. Um, that's why right now I'm only taking two courses I don't want to like overwork myself because I know my freshman year I got really really stressed out and would call my parents all the time crying because I couldn't study or I knew I failed a test and um, so that's the hardest part I just have to take things slow and I think my memory is getting better because that's something I also struggled with but like when I'm learning specific things for a course, it's easy for me to find ways to remember. I just have to make associations between things. Mm-hmm. So that helps. 
Yeah. So, um, what are your like goals now? What are, what are you studying towards? Like, what are you, and how's maybe how's the injury like impacted that, those goals? Mm -hmm. So before the accident, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was first coming to tech. Um, I didn't know. And so my dad recommended business because that's what he did. And he's like, I think you'd be really good at it. You enjoy math in high school. Um, but after the accident, and seeing how other people handle recovery, I think that's what led me to occupational therapy. I, that's what I'm hoping to do now. So I'm taking courses to get to the point where I can apply to occupational therapy programs. Um, I, when I was in therapy, occupational therapy wasn't a huge need for me but I think it's a really cool job because you just get to help people be their normal selves and do everyday activities on their own. And so they don't have to ask for someone's help. Um, Cause I remember back at home, um, my mom put labels on everything in the kitchen. Cause I couldn't tell you what a fork was or a microwave was. And so for that, I would have to read and remember what things were and so that's just kind of an everyday activity that you need to do on your own and I think occupational therapy helps the most with that mm -hmm. when you so uh, Texas Neuro Rehab so that's in Austin mm -hmm. it's in Austin. okay so you were at home and you were able to mm -hmm. okay that was a year you said I was inpatient for I think two and a half three weeks um, and then outpatient up until I came to tech, so yeah, a whole year of wow. outpatient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was all speech? Mm-hmm. And then, wow. Yeah, I started outpatient with OT and PT as well, but I think that only lasted a few weeks or a month. But it was, I guess, since my left side was mostly impacted, that's why I needed speech therapy so bad, and that's what we worked on the mm -hmm. whole entire year. How did your, like I've interviewed a few like kids and their moms, like how did your family deal with the injury? Um, um, I knew they took it very hard at the beginning. And when I asked them about it, they're like, honestly, I can't remember. Like all of that is a blur because it was such a stressful time for them. But they helped so much. Um, I was in the hospital that my mom worked at at the time which is now the Dell Seton at UT. Um, so it was the Brackenridge Hospital. And since my mom worked there, she knew pretty much all of the doctors. So she became close with my neurosurgeon, um, who was Dr. Rose. And instead of having to go home every night or sleep on the chairs in my hospital room, they had a way to have their own room where they could sleep on a bed. And so while they slept at night, my brother and my cousin would do kind of the night shift of watching me. Mm. Um, so yeah, they would take turns and all my family would come and visit and they helped a lot. Did the people at Bowie, did they do anything or? Um, I know a lot of people came to the hospital when it happened, but I don't remember if any of them came to see me. 
because I, I just don't remember that. But yeah. I know they came to see my other friends, my other friends and that that were in the accident. Um, the Rachel, who was in the driver's seat, she had a lot of broken bones. So it was me and her that were impacted the most. Mm -hmm. And then the two girls in the back seat, Julia, she was wearing her seatbelt. So she, she wasn't impacted, but she remembers the whole thing. So she had really bad PTSD afterwards. Um, and then my other friend wasn't wearing her seatbelt in the back. So she had, um, I don't know exactly what happened to her neck, but she had to wear a neck brace too, just like I did. And so that was kind of a recovery process for her too. But yeah, everyone kind of helped out and stood by our side. Mm -hmm. So how did you get involved with Team Luke? Um, so Rhonda, she was saying that, because I know she had a program who was her program for in Austin? Was it J.D. Yeah. Hartman? Yeah. Uh-huh. It was that. Um, so she was familiar with TNR, where I had rehab, and she came to one of the support groups. And that's, that's when I remember meeting her. And so when I came to Tech, she thought it was a good idea to introduce me into... Um, the team Luke because of Luke's damage mm -hmm. or an accident um, and so they kind of got me connected and I like being a part of it because I like seeing Luke's uh, progress and his dad is um, like very very involved in everything Luke trying to get him better and trying to help others in the same situation so I want to do the same I I want to know of other individuals that are going through the same type of thing that I did. I mm -hmm. think it's a really cool thing. Yeah, just to give back and, mm -hmm. and help. That's kind of my reasoning. It's like I can either move on or kind of give back and help these yeah, kids. Yeah, help others. Mm -hmm. So there's a, uh, a final question we ask everyone, and it's like what are your top three recommendations for anyone that is – either going through a brain injury or maybe their families, like what would you recommend uh, for them? Um, think positive. I definitely had moments where I never thought I would recover fully and didn't think I would be able to go to college. So definitely when it gets hard, you just have to remain positive and see the light in things. Um, Another one is mm, always thank those that were supporting you, like your family. I know it was a hard process for all of my family members, but you have to remain close and take their support and their help. And then third one. Give back after yeah. you have recovered. I think it's a really cool thing. Um, I went to go visit the hospital I was at, and I saw some patients that had brain injuries, and I would go talk to their 
family members that were with them to tell them my story and explain how I got through it and how their um, child or whatever could get to that point too and Mm -hmm. just to help them through the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure seeing them progress too is like super, Mm -hmm. super gratifying. Mm -hmm. It is. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Team Luke Hope for Minds podcast. If you want to learn more, check out our website, teamlukehopeforminds.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. See you all next time.